You're listening to the Super Expander Podcast. Aligned goals are pivotal for expansion. You don't need me to tell you that. But what happens when your flame weakens? What really happens when it totally goes out? Reignite Your Goals starts with awakening to the emotions that pull you further and further away. Letting go of your shame, denial, and frustration, and figuring out why your body is resisting your goals are the key to success. Regulate your nervous system, release the blocks, and reassess your path forward because your goals are ready to be reset and reignited. Leah is the best-selling author of Unstuck, TEDx speaker, and the host of the top podcast, Managing Made Simple. She's also a team operations consultant with experience leading team operations across Google, Microsoft, Apple, and Bank of America. As the founder of the workplace reframe business consulting firm, Leah uses the lens of disruption without destruction to equip innovation in organizations of any size and industry with the tools to cultivate inclusive, motivated, high-performing teams, resulting in higher retention, more efficiency, and better business results. She is a sought-after expert in the media, featured across Fast Company, ABC News, CNN Business, U.S. News. This is sure to be an exciting and informative conversation. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the show. I am sitting here with the amazing Leah Garvin. I am so excited to welcome her in to open up this conversation. Buckle up because she is a wealth of wisdom and she is about to share it all with you. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I am so excited. Okay. So a little bit of context. We are, we like, we're kind of like new friends here. I like to give a little context to the audience, new friends through the through Rebecca Capiera, through the, through the pitch club, who she has actually been a guest on the super expander very early on. And she was my, my partner in no breath work certification. And she has introduced literally, I think some of the most amazing women into my life. And I'm so, so grateful for, for that community and the fact that I met you inside of there. So who is, who is Leah deep down on a soul level? I mean, I think on a soul level, I, I'm very silly. And I think that's something that I got away from a little bit in the corporate world and felt like you had to, you know, I was, I was working in tech and I was not an engineer. So there's all these imposter feelings and working in the corporate world, you kind of had to be serious. And I feel like deep down, I always wanted to make it more silly and authentic and, and kind of freer to be myself. And so I think in my core, that's, that's really what I'm about. And, and I really now try to bring levity and fun and, and humor into all that I'm doing in my work. I just feel like I got, uh, like, I just like exhaled a big sigh of like, because before we hit record, I record actually. And I <laughs> said Leah's name wrong. And now, because I know that deep down into her soul, that she is just silly and looking for levity that we could laugh about this. And exactly. she's not going to like hold it against me. And if you know, I always say that I have like the biggest fear of, of botching someone's name. And I did it. Maybe I'll play the outtake of it at the end of the podcast. So, you know, you have to stick around to the very, very end to catch the comedy. <laughs> so when exactly did you know that that was who you were down at a soul level. And I say that because like, did you go into corporate knowing that's who you were and you had to like uh, kind of stuff it down or did you come to that while you were in the corporate role and you felt like 
there was just this part of you that wasn't alive. It's the latter for sure. Like, I mean, I think I felt like, you know, writing an email took a long time, explaining something, having to sort of caveat everything and, and, and come across in a certain way, just feeling like I can't be myself. It felt really out of place for a lot of the time there. And, you know, when I would start to bring in more of this humor and levity into the work I was doing in, in team operations and, you know, even setting up processes that can be real dull, <laughs> really boring. And then to sort of be, you know, Hey, let's, let's figure this out together. Let's laugh about it. Where are we getting, what's frustrating and really kind of people on a human level. I saw like the whole, everything started to turn around and I really, I realized I felt better. I felt like I was more effective and the results were better, but still, I think um, throughout my journey in the corporate world, like it was, it was like, I knew it worked needed to be there, but it wasn't always recognized or celebrated. And so now, you know, having moved out of that as an entrepreneur, this is how I show up. I bring it the same way as I am outside of, you know, at home or on my podcast or running a workshop, like this is it. And, and it's, it's been so freeing and so fun to be able to, you know, I want to work with clients and companies that understand that we don't need to take everything too seriously. That just makes everything feel complicated and frustrating. I feel that. So when you started doing that, did you discover that you kind of tapped into a whole new well of energy? Because when we're having to resist or, or not be who we are in our, in full, it's like, it's a really exhausting. Yeah, absolutely. Like you don't have this cognitive load of like the filters and all the things that, and I'm not saying I'm like, wait, I'm so out there, but but feeling like it stopped a lot of the overthinking, like you say, which is so taxing. So yeah, yes, it was a huge weight lifted. So your transition out of corporate into what you do now, what did that look like? Yeah. So I worked, as I mentioned, in you know, the corporate world and big tech for about a decade. And towards, you know, towards the end of the last six months or so, I had launched my book Unstuck. I did a TEDx talk and I was really wanting to support teams at a bigger scale and, you know, focus on work was in team operations. I also, but I believed that that's all about interpersonal dynamics at its, at its foundation and bringing in coaching and bringing in different modalities and, and making sure everyone feels, you know, connected and, and safe to speak up. But to be honest, in a, in a corporate world and running like team operations, that's not always like assumed to be part of the job. Yeah. And I wanted it to be the full job, not just a slice of it or not just not a part of it. So I decided to take the leap about a year ago and launched my business full-time as a business consultant. And so I support bigger companies with workshops around manager development and employee engagement, things like feedback, psychological safety, team building. And then I support business, small businesses, entrepreneurs, and founders in mapping out really clear, lightweight processes to optimize how work is done on their teams to save them time and money that they can reinvest in their business. So good. So let's, let's talk a little bit about how you bring that forth first in corporate. Let's dig a little deeper into that. What does that look like? Into bringing forth the the kind of silliness piece? Well, (laughs) yeah, well, silliness or like what a journey, like when someone comes to you, for someone who maybe isn't in, in that sector of yeah. corporate where they would be like the person hiring you to come in, they might be in corporate and be on the receiving end, but yeah. maybe they, if they knew more about how the process worked, they could like get you in, right? <laughs> like they could put you in touch with someone. Yeah. That's, I guess where I'm going with that. Like, what does it look like? 
the the workshops. Like, I don't know, walk us through a journey. Love it. So let's say a team is like, has gone through a lot of change, you know, and they're feeling like motivation is low, you know, there's all this uncertainty right now. And they want to re-energize the team around, you know, why are we here? Like, what are we doing? So that's an example of something that I could, that I would do a workshop on. And, you know, just really setting that context, you know, of we're all feeling this right now. So I really want to always make sure with anything I'm talking about, I do a lot of, I mentioned workshops on feedback, same thing. We're struggling with feedback. We all know it's hard. No one's really given feedback. We're avoiding it. I always like to set the context on no one's alone for feeling whatever frustrations and struggles we're having. We're all feeling it. And I really lean into storytelling and sharing you know, examples of things that I've experienced, that I've seen, ways that I went wrong, things I've learned so that people see we're all on this journey. And in getting better at things like feedback or being a manager or navigating change or feeling you know, disengaged from work or low motivation, all these things happen in different moments. And, and by you know, acknowledging it and then kind of committing to small actions, we can, we can really transform our relationship with it. And so, for example, you know, in a workshop about feedback, I ask folks to first give feedback to yourself, you know, like what's one thing that you did well. And one thing that you, you know, would do differently around a a recent project or something that you just did. And really starting with our own experience of, you know, if, if I demystify this and see, okay, I can give myself feedback and not feel like I'm a terrible, worthless person. I can recognize like, you know, this, this one thing wasn't quite how I would do it again. And same with positive. I can celebrate myself and let it in and let it sit and not fresh it off. So that's an example of, you know, the work that I do is, is, is really creating a safe container, but then giving really practical and relatable exercises that, that people can do and feel like, yes, I can commit to that. I can take action. And that helps really sink in the content. Oh my gosh. I love that idea of giving yourself feedback first because, and I even think about that a lot of times it's really, that's actually hard. It's like the hardest thing is to give yourself (laughs) feedback. And so if you can practice that being able to do it for like, give it to someone else, I think becomes exponentially easier. Plus I think that there probably is a level of empathy that comes through in that communication so that you can give the feedback in an impactful way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like you say, I mean, if you practice with the hardest situation, it's only going to get easier, but also if you, you know, you start to see that feedback isn't, you can make it more casual and more routine, like, you know, after a presentation reflecting on what's one thing that I did well, one thing I want to do better next time that it doesn't mean the presentation was a disaster, that you want to improve something. It allows you to be in this continual kind of improvement development sort of mode, as opposed to mm-hmm. feeling like if anything, if I allow something to not have been perfect, that, that says something my self-worth. So I really think that's one of the reasons it's really helpful to continually give yourself feedback. That's, But then that's not overly critical because I think we can also get on that rabbit hole where we give ourselves a lot of feedback, but it's like, it's just kind of like inner critic, you know, BS. And that's not what we mean. Oh yeah. I think, I feel like the rule of thumb I learned was it's a feedback sandwich, right? Yeah. (laughs) Something you can improve on than another compliment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Makes it a little easier to digest, right? It's wrapped up in and bookended with something nice. Okay. So then let's move and take a a peek at how it is that you, you work inside of like entrepreneurs and business owners, small business owners, how you help them. Because I know that's a lot of something that a lot of 
as people are growing teams or thinking of hiring a team, the, the whole idea of creating these processes can be really intimidating. Yes. And that's exactly, exactly the thing that I'm trying to solve. So, you know, if you are a business owner and you have, you know, five or 10 or 15 employees, this might be the first time you've ever had to manage people. Maybe you have people on your team that are friends or family. So there's toughness around, you know, giving things like feedback, talking about money. It can, you know, maybe you don't, you probably likely don't have someone looking at kind of team operations. Maybe you have an executive assistant, but you know, how is the business run? And what happens is the business owner, CEO, founder ends up doing that job and you're kind of operating, trying to be level, but you're in the weeds. And so if you think about it just from an hourly rate standpoint, you know, you're doing work like, you know, a low level approval on decisions, copywriting, you know, whatever it is, like figure out, you know, interviewing everybody, talking, you know, managing meeting agendas, all these different things that if you looked at what your potential hourly rate could be, you know, you're spending all of this time on these like kind of administrative things because you don't have really clear processes. So you can't ask other people to do it. And so Ops Playbook, I sit down with a business owner and we look at, you know, where they are today and where they want to be, you know, six, 12 months from now, as far as doing things like onboarding team members, making decisions, which ones do they really need to hang on to versus they can let other people decide on how do we set expectations, how we want to spend time together as a team and really optimize that. And in doing that, and then behind the scenes, I will create for a team their personalized ops playbook, which outlines all these SOPs or standard operating procedures for that business. So they can always point people back to that one place. And I found that having that kind of clarity, you know, a team, I think a lot of times this can I think the the aversion around things like process, like you said, this can be a scary thing. It's like, I don't want to be too corporate. I don't want to, you know, be too, you know, overbearing. But if you're a team member and you don't really know what a good job looks like, and you feel like I'm working really hard and doing everything and I didn't get that raise, I don't really get why, or, you know, how do I advance in this company? Or when do we have a team meeting? Like, how do I know what's going on? When those are the thoughts, it can create a lot of, you know, starts to make you feel like, why am I even here? And that's, that's not something we want our team members to feel both because, you know, it results in people leaving often, but then your, your work output is, is lower. And so there's a lot of dead time. There's a lot of kind of like waiting for the next move. And if we can get all this figured out in a really lightweight way, that's easy to implement. Like, Hey, we come together an hour a week and we talk about these three things, like not over the top, right? Just clear. Now everyone can just be running at all times. And I've found the immediate savings that business owners find in kind of sort of clearing all that like idle time and confusion by having this clarity just shifts overnight. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine too how much it improves, especially if you're like a service-based kind of business, right? It it improves the client experience too, because a lot of that some of that toxicity that builds up based on confusion, which turns into apathy, which turns into, you know, not serving the customer very well. And so I yeah. can see how that, that would just really make a huge, huge impact. And I mean, it's just basically a unified communication, right? It just like this yeah. creates a unified experience across the board. And so there's no confusion, yeah. no question. I love that. Yeah. So what I think listening to this, because this is your zone of genius, but if it's not someone else, someone else's, they might be listening and being like, how in the world did you get into this? And how did you get excited about this? Yeah. (laughs) So 
In the corporate world, I worked on team operations, like I mentioned, and I think a lot of times I felt like felt kind of invisible. It was sort of undervalued, to be honest. And and when I left, I was and I started my business. I was working mostly on workshops, which I love doing. I love facilitating, building content. But as I was getting more involved in entrepreneur communities, meeting other small business owners, and talking about some of these interests and, and passions I have around team dynamics, folks kept saying like, "We actually need a lot of that over here." And I realized there was a huge need for some of these, what I call like billion dollar processes for million dollar businesses, mm-hmm. because some of these things that we take for granted, uh, just little protocol, simple things like I talked about already, when we don't have them in a small business, we don't know why things feel hard and slow, but we know we could be doing better. And so as I started to really reclaim this skill and, and interest for, you know, building clarity around first that human experience. So, you know, I don't, we don't have a process because we like, you know, want to make a complicated document, slow things down. It's like, we want our teams to feel set up for success. That's always the motivation. We want people to feel like they have a career here, even if it's only for six to 12 months, like that's the why. And so I've been able to really marry what I always wanted to do, which is clarity and, and kind of, you know, cohesion around how work gets done with making sure people feel supportive. Yeah. So then would you consider yourself like a fractional COO? I think so. I mean, yeah, that's a great way to describe it, especially I think, you know, ideally a partner with folks on the ops playbook, we create that playbook. And then the real magic is in the implementation and making sure, Hey, you know, we talked about these things. We're all excited about it. Now, after that first meeting, we gotta, we gotta keep doing it. And so, yeah, continuing to support businesses as that fractional COO, you know, connecting with team members, making sure people are clear, things that are, are moving forward. Amazing. That's such, so needed. And you're right, because actually now with the the way that the, I don't know, like the shift in the way that business is being done, people starting their own businesses and then they start yeah. to grow. And there does start to be like this tipping point where A, if they weren't behind the scenes running a multi-billion dollar company, then they don't know that these things were like, like the infrastructure that got put into place, but also there starts to be a place of like, there's this tipping point where you just can't afford. It's not like you can bring in somebody who's like a full-time COO in your business yet, because you're just not there from production and, and income, like level at that, at that place. But you can now off these like fractional positions that you can bring people in is, I think it's so amazing and so cool. Yeah. And it gets you set up for success, right? Like you don't need you may also see a person can get you over the hump to when you can have it, you know, a full-time seal or you need that. And so um, I think a lot of times the, the kind of operations things, things are on process. They, people think about it last because you figure like, well, I can kind of get by without it. But then when you start looking at like kind of the wasted time and, and money as a result of not figuring it out, it's surprising for folks. I mean, I think, you know, one example I love to give is if you have five team members and you have a weekly meeting, you know, plus, plus you, the CEO, and you have a weekly meeting and it kind of goes over like 15 minutes each time because you're just talking, you don't quite have an agenda. You don't really know next steps. If you added up that hourly rate, you know, five people plus the CEO times four every month times, you know, over the course of a year, that's like 10, $15,000 of just like money that can be reinvested back in the business just because you hadn't figured out like, why do we come together? When, what do we talk about? What do we want to come away with? And so that really simple shift can result in dramatic savings. And I think when we 
start looking at that, we realize how valuable it is to to think about these really lightweight processes from the beginning. Oh my gosh, right. So the strategies that got you to where you are are the same ones that are keeping you stuck from moving yes. to the, the next level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a constant, a constant assessment. Like, right. If you want to grow, you have to, you have to make these kinds of changes and step into it. Okay. So what's your most favorite part about doing this? I love being able to see right away that business owner feel like I felt so stuck, so overwhelmed. I was so in the weeds and now I have clarity. And this is a shift that I see like real time happening as I work through this with a business owner. Like it's a, the process is we have a four hour meeting where we talk about everything across these six dimensions and then where we are today, where we want to go, maybe sort of things we have, we want to build on. And in that conversation alone, before I even create the playbook, the business owners have come away saying, I feel like I'm so empowered because I have a handle on my business. I felt like, I don't know where anything's at. Should I even be doing this anymore? And now after that one meeting, like, yes, I got this. I know what's going on. I know what I want to see. And I feel like I see the runway to getting there. And to be able to see that you know, immediate shift for, pe- for people right away, that that's something that is so new because it took a lot. It was like a very different approach in corporate and to be able to see, wow, because this person is the decider, we can roll this out. And this is going to change this business overnight. We don't have to have 50 approvals and months of thinking about it. Like you may have to have in another environment. We're just going to roll with it. And so that speed around that transformation, even within that one meeting, that's been so, so exciting and, and, and gratifying to see that like you can help someone quickly see that they like had the tools they needed all along. Uh, yeah, that is so exciting when you see that like light bulb moment yeah. go off, right? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I know everyone listening now is, has this like curiosity about how they can get into your world. So tell, tell us about that. How, what's the best yeah. way for them to find you? Yeah. So to learn about the ops playbook, which is the thing we were just talking about, head to leahgarvin.com slash playbook. But one thing that's really fun to play around with is this calculator I made to show where some of the savings can be optimized around, like I said, that meeting agendas thing. So at leahgarvin.com slash calculator, you can actually see this kind of come to life. And then to learn about my workshops that I do for bigger companies, that's all at leahgarvin.com, just my main website. Oh, I love it. Okay. So one, one last thing, what is maybe like one last little juicy nugget of wisdom that you could potentially share with business owners or founders, CEOs, well, or just the general average human being, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, one, one thing that's been transformational hands down in my journey as an entrepreneur over this last year has been a really intention focus on inner work and breath work's been a huge piece of that. And I think, you know, shedding, especially if you're transitioning out of like a whole different vibe from corporate and entrepreneur space, like you have to reset all of the beliefs that you have about yourself, about money, as I know you talk so much about, about, you know, worth, value, everything. And I feel so lucky as we talked about through Rebecca Cafiero, finding, you know, like business strategy plus mindset and inner work as a combination. I wouldn't be able to do any of this stuff without that. And I feel like what I am today and what I see possible is so, so different. And so I would say to folks that to really prioritize that work. Like if you have an hour and you're like, ah, you know, should I do these emails or should I sit down and like pop on a breathwork session? It's like, do that because 
that that session is going to up your game so much. And as a like lifetime overthinker of, of everything and decisions, I can tell you that's a lot more time consuming when you don't have that clarity. And this has been so empowering for me through, through doing breath work. I, you know, kept coming to that. I really wanted to build a podcast. So I have a podcast managing made simple. And I feel like I wouldn't have gotten there because I would have so much stuff going on. And, and this podcast, which really bridges these two worlds of corporate and small business owners sharing strategies around managing teams. This has been one of the most fun things I've done as an entrepreneur, which I, again, I wouldn't have found if I hadn't sort of cleared away some of the noise and thought like, what does bring me joy? What do I want to be doing? So I, I think it's all about that in the work. Oh my gosh, you guys, I didn't even pay her to say that. <laughs> I didn't even pay her. I love that though. The brother does it. It creates a space, right? And that's our, what I think when we're looking to step into creative endeavors or any kind of like innovation, that's a big piece of, of that, right? I mean, in addition yeah. to the identity level change that we get to step into it in that place. But I know for me, when I first found Breathwork, that was my most favorite part because it really does create this wide open space. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, I never even considered that. Yeah. Literally, it's like, wait, like, I think that I think that's possible. Like, hell yes. And you're like, jazz. And now you start moving towards it. And then you start to see anything is possible. And that's a whole different thing. Which oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, limitless for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I am so, so grateful for you for squeezing me into your, to your time or your schedule here to have this conversation you guys make sure that you go down into the show notes and give Leah a follow, go check out her Instagram, her LinkedIn, her website, her playbook, all of the things. And then after you do that, make sure that you let her know that you heard her here on the super expander podcast. We will catch you on the next episode. Like a fire needs oxygen and fuel. You're not meant to reach your goals alone. Your missing part could be as simple as finding the right community. And if it's not my community, there's definitely the right one out there for you. If you're looking for a place to start, check out the link in the show notes and let this community help you breathe in fresh oxygen.